Hey there, my name is Ben Ramos, and you are listening to the Rise Church Podcast. We are a church in southeastern Idaho that is dedicated to sound biblical theology, coupled with the authentic power of God. Our true hope is that this podcast would help you to continue to grow and taking steps in your relationship with Jesus. I hope you feel empowered today. I hope you feel encouraged today, and I hope you feel uplifted. God bless you. Enjoy the podcast. I've got my tool belt and I'm all set up, which I believe is a prophetic act of what God wants to do for us this morning. And I want to just take a few minutes and talk about what I do have here. What I've got with me here is my license, my hunting license. This tells me that I've got authority to go out into the woods and I can get me some meat. I can find me some animals. I can I can exhort my, my, use my power that I've got here. I'm allowed to use this power. And yes, that's right. I do have my rapid fire blaster 30 out 6 300 wind mag DRC 50 caliber machine gun Rocky style. I'm ready to go, folks. I'm ready to get out there. This is my power. And so I've got my authority to use my power, and I've got them both. I'm bringing them with me. I've got a couple other things also. One of the things that's really important as we get out there and as we go hunting is that we have clarity of what it is that we're going to see. And so I've got my knocks. I like those knocks. And I can see you up close. Ooh, you've got some nose hairs back there, Lynn. Uh, you can see them real nice and close. I could probably pluck them from here. I'm just playing. I'm just playing. I couldn't see up his nose. I bet I could if I really wanted to, though. But I've got my clarity. I've got my authority. I've got my my, my power here. What else do I've got? Well, uh, in case I get lost, I've got my GPS unit. I never get lost, though. Right? Yes. Us guys, we don't get lost. Oh, gosh, no. We don't even need no. this thing. Right? It's just there. It's to make money. He's not going yeah, yeah, we, when we knock at other people's doors, we don't tell our wives that we get lost. It's, you know, that's that's how it, it goes. And then I, I'm always prepared because I know that things are, uh, always have the opportunity to go south. And so I've got my knife just in case things get hairy and things go a little bit, a little bit south. But anyways, when I go out hunting, I want to ensure that I've got all the tools for the task. I want to make sure that I'm prepared for anything that takes takes place. Now I'm going to take this off for now because I don't want it to get too distracting as we would work through the, the scripture today as we continue through the gospel of, of Mark. And I want to go ahead and read through our scripture. And this is just to prepare us. Just as I had my tool belts all fixed with all the tools that I needed to accomplish what my mission was. Every single one of us, as we're followers of Jesus, we've got a tool belt. We've got a belt that Jesus has given us, given us and we're, he's equipped us to fulfill a mission that he's given each one of us. And I want to just remind us of it. I think that as Christians, sometimes we just get busy. And sometimes we just go through life and we endure all the, all the things, all the hard stuff that life throws at us. And sometimes we forget that we actually have these tools equipped, uh, that we're equipped with as Jesus has given us so that we can accomplish a specific mission that he has placed on us. So with that, with that we're going to go ahead and jump into the scripture in Mark 
chapter 6. We're in verse 7 this week. We're going to read through verse 13. It says that he, Jesus, called the 12 and began to send them out. Someone say, send me. Send me. He began to send them out two by two. That means you don't have to be alone. You don't got to be lonely. He sent them out two by two. And he gave them authority over the unclean spirits. He charged them to take nothing for their journey except for a staff. No bread, no bag, no money in their belts. But to wear sandals, I almost made this a sandal Sunday. I know some of you got the memo. I was going to make it a sandal Sunday for everybody. Maybe we'll do that another day. But he said, you can wear your sandals, but do not put on two tunics. And he said to them, whenever you enter a house, stay there until you depart from there. And if any place will not receive you, and they will not listen to you, when you leave... This is where the Taylor Swift song comes in. Shake, shake, shake it off, shake it off. Stop. Was that a cringeworthy moment? Was that totally cringe? That was totally cringe. Hey, y'all know it's bussin'. Okay. All right. Kids are turning red up in here. We know how old I am. Anyways. If it, <laughs> shake the dust off your feet as a testimony against them. So they went out, they proclaimed that all the people should repent. And they cast out many demons and anointed with oil many who were sick and healed them. Well, Father God, I know that I've come equipped with my study. I've come equipped with all of these toys to play with and to help people to get and tangibly understand your word, but I know that I'm nothing without you. This word is nothing without you. And so Holy Spirit, we welcome you in right now. We welcome you in with fire and power and wind. We welcome you in to come and transform our hearts, to come and set a spark, Lord, set a fire in our hearts that we would be those who would carry your flame, but that we would be those who would shine your light brightly, that we would be those who are obediently carrying out the mission and the great commission that you have set us on. Lord, teach us this morning. Shape us this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Can I let you know the mindset and the heart stance that I carry into every message? Whenever I go into a message, I don't really care if it's a two-year-old up here that you can barely understand a few words, or if it's an old, old person that's about to fall over who's bringing the message, I come in with the same heart expectation. That is that I am going to grow through this message. I'm going to get something from God because God's got something here for me this morning. If, if you want to put yourself in a stance to grow, put that in your heart this morning. I'm going to grow this morning. God's going to give me something this morning. I've got something to get from God this morning. He's going to show up. Put that in your heart. And let's come prepared for that this morning to receive. He's going to fill up my belt. Poke your neighbor. Tell him he's going to fill up my belt. He's going to fill up my belt. Hopefully not with like the extra donuts and stuff, but with actual tools. I think we do have some snacks for after service, but that's just my belly talking. As we get into this scripture this morning, we recall that Mark is on a journey to bring us somewhere. 
You, you can get up there and go grab it. You, you're welcome to grab that ball. It's, it's all right. I may shoot you if you go up there. I'm just I won't. All right. Um, as we recall, every time we step into Scripture, it's important that we understand the context. Because we don't want to take a Scripture out of context and, and just say, oh, this is applicable to my life. We want to understand who's writing it, why they're writing it, and understand what's going on around it so that we properly understand what the intention here is of these scriptures. And so you understand that Mark is a fast writer. Mark is constantly saying, immediately this happened, immediately this happened. And he's not saying it because that's like immediately, literally what, took hap- what happened next. It's because he's in a hurry. Mark wants to get us to the story of the cross. He wants to get us to the story of the good news of Jesus, that he went to the cross, that he paid the price for our sins, that we could be in right relationship. It doesn't matter what our past looks like. I love Pastor Steve. I was just like, boy, just preach it up there. Go get it, man. It was so good. But that gospel message, we've we've got to hear it every single day that we wake up. We've got to just remember and recognize that the price has been paid for me, that I get to be whole, that there is nothing standing in between the love of God and me and the presence of God and me, that I can walk in that power. Amen, somebody? Amen. Amen. So as, as we walk through this, we recognize this is Mark's goal. And so those places that he does stop, those places that he does mention, they, they're pointed. They have a, a, a purpose. And as Mark is communicating, we notice that he's talking about this guy named Jesus. And we begin to recognize that this isn't just a dude. This isn't just a guy. This is Jesus the Christ. This is the Messiah. This is he who left his home in heaven. He who was at the beginning, who everything was created through. This This is Jesus. And Jesus is now uh, being explained to us. Mark wants us to understand he's not just a man, but this is a man who is also God the Son, who is over so many things. He has power and authority over so many things. We've seen that he has power and authority over the demonic, over the spiritual realm, right? That there is no legion upon legion upon legion that is greater than Jesus Christ, And we can take that into our lives. That means that as we come across anything supernatural in our lives, we get to say that he who is in me, come on somebody, he who is in me is greater than he who is in the world. I walk around with that on my shoulders. I walk around with that confidence that there's nothing that can come against me. That Jesus is greater and the power of Jesus is dwelling inside of me. Jesus is Lord over the spiritual realm. We've seen him. Uh, be Lord over the physical realm, that he calmed the storm. He says, peace, be still, and the storm just, it, it, it calms. Jesus is powerful over that. Jesus is Lord over the physical issues. Jesus is Lord even over death as he raised Jairus' daughter from the dead. This isn't just some man. This is the Messiah. This is our Savior. He's come in flesh. This is Emmanuel, God with us. He came to be, he came to be with us. And then we began to look last week as Jesus was interacting with these people from his hometown. You know, and and when I think of like hometown, I think of, it was either this past year or the year before when 
the Rigby High School won like the state tournament in something, something rather. It might have been football, or I don't know if that's the one you kick or the one you throw, but in one of those sports, right? And they came home, and it was like the hometown heroes, and there's this huge parade. And this is what I think of when I think of hometown. But the scriptures were so flipped with the way that they were dealing with Jesus. When he goes to his hometown the first time that he went to his hometown, they almost threw him off a cliff. That's a bad day. Things were getting kind of serious. And then the second time that Jesus goes to his hometown, they're judging him. And so we talked about looking at other people. We evaluated our own hearts as to how judgmental we are or how we show or don't show prejudice towards someone towards someone else. And now we get into this fun part where Jesus is sending out the disciples. And it's, it's interesting because as you look at the relationship between Jesus and the disciples, there's something you've got to note. There's something that we've got to grab a hold of. And that is that relationship with Jesus is meant to be progressive. You're meant to start somewhere, but you were never meant to stop there. You weren't, it wasn't meant to be a dance where you don't move your feet. We got to keep stepping. Keep, can I do a dance for you? Is that a good one? Okay, no more, no more shake it off. Okay, right, but it, our walk with Jesus is meant to move from one place to another. And so these disciples started out as being just someone who was called. They've been invited. Jesus walks out onto the shore and he says, hey, you, come follow me. I've got something that you need. And that's the same call that we can all take this morning. Jesus has something that we need. I don't care if you know about it yet or not. I'm preaching it to you. I'm speaking it to you. Jesus has something that you need. Amen. He's got something that you need. And that you do need. And as they began to commit their lives and say, yes, I'm going to step into this calling. Yes, I'm going to follow you. Yes, I'm going to learn from you. They went from called to those who follow Jesus. And maybe that's at the stage of life that you're in this morning. That you've gone from called and now you've said, I'm following, I'm in, let's go, take me wherever you want to take me, Jesus. The next thing that we see is that they became appointed. And so in this appointed position, it's in Mark chapter 3, verses 14 and 15, it says that he appointed the 12 so that they would be with him and that he could send them out to preach. See, Jesus put them in a position to get them ready for the next thing. And so we have seasons of our, our, our lives where we're in this appointed position, where God has us in a place to prepare us for something in our future. Listen, you have a future. I, if you need to hear that this morning, you have a future. I don't care how bleak this season is. Maybe you need to hear, you have a future, and God's got his hand on your future. The key is to submit your life before him and say, what is that future that you want for me? I don't care how long you've been alive. I don't care how many gray hairs that you've got or no hairs that you've got. This is just staring, glaring at me. Just boom! But I don't care about how long you've been alive on this earth. You still have a future. God still has things that he wants to do through you. He wants to use you. Amen. He wants to use you as a world changer. He wants to use you to bring transformation. He wants to use you to bring hope. He wants to use you to love other people, to serve other people. 
Literally, he wants to use you to transform this region. He wants to use you. As we go from the appointed, we recognize that eventually this brings us to a point of being sent. Jesus sends his disciples. If you're a follower of Jesus Christ, you will be sent. You have been sent. You are sent. You're sent on a mission. This great commission that's been given by Jesus to go and breathe the good news everywhere that you go. Boy, we got to talk about it. we got to talk about the goodness of God. We've got to talk about what he's done in our life, even if it isn't your story. How easy is it? Dude, I was at church on Sunday, and I heard this story of how this guy died on the side of the road, and God brought him back to life. Hey, that's my boy Dave back there. That's his, that's his story. And we hear stories like this all the time. God still raises people from the dead. Amen. God still heals broken bones. God still heals broken hearts. God still free, frees people from addiction. God still transforms lives. He still does this stuff. And we are those who are sent to bring this message to the world around us. And let's recognize that as these, these apostles, these disciples were sent... Not only were they witnesses, not only did they see and understand what Jesus did, but they were sent to talk about it. Say, I've got to talk about it. You're going to remember that this week, and you're going to be put in a situation where you're going to get to talk about it. And we pray boldness and courageous, courageousness, courage over all who would take up this call this morning in Jesus' mighty name. Now, in this instance where these disciples are being sent, this isn't a time where they're being sent out for good. This is kind of like a mini mission trip. They're being sent out to, like, Pocatello and saying, I, I mean, we all know Pocatello needs some saving. You know what I'm talking about? <laughs> so they're being sent out to Pocatello to bring the good news. We're, we're talking about, like, it's about 30 miles away where Jesus is sending these disciples to save about 84,000 people. Can he do it? Can he do it? Can God do it? Amen. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. God is able to, to do that. And so the purpose of this time for these disciples is to go out, spread the good news, go out, do what you've seen Jesus do, exercise the power and authority that you've seen Jesus walk in, go and do it, and then come back. This is the beautiful thing about discipleship or mentorship, or having a spiritual coach, or whatever you want to call it, some, a, a spiritual overseer in your life, because you get to go do this stuff, and then when you fall on your face, and you've got the dirt all over it, you made a mess of things, oh, this person, uh, they, they just closed the door on me, they, they laughed at me, whatever it is, you get to come back and talk about it. You get to come back and say, all right, here's what happened. Can you coach me through this? Why did this happen? Why did this take place? Or is there, was there a better way that I could have communicated or shared the gospel or have a different way that I could have ministered? Uh, you know, and, and your coach or whoever that person in it is can help you process through that stuff and be like, oh, well, I mean, did you pray that day or did you just go? You, you can probably pray. That would be helpful next time to talk to God uh, as you go. That's a part of our process, right? As, as funny as that may be, that's the seriousness of it. Because a lot of times when we just go out and do this stuff, we forget some things. And that's okay. 
One of my favorite things, uh, which I'll probably do a video on at some point during this week, but one of my favorite things from the conference that we just got back on, back from, it was a, a international, so people, pastors from all over the globe uh, in Foursquare gathered together for our 100th year celebration of being Foursquare. It was, it was really, really cool. Uh, but one of my favorite things that was communicated there was you have the ability to start over every day. His mercies are new for you every day. You can start over as many times as you need, and that gave me such freedom. That means I don't have to wear the chains of yesterday. Yesterday doesn't have to be a barrier anymore. That means if I mess up, if I say something so dumb that people just laugh at me as I'm trying to share the gospel, I get to get up and try it again. I get to get up and start over it, and that was freeing for me, and, and maybe that is for you this morning, because if it was freeing for me, I, just, I don't want to keep it all to myself, I just want to release that. So if, if you need to start over today, just feel that freedom. God's, God's with you. He can give you that new beginning. He can help you start over and have that correct mindset for starting over. It doesn't, your, pattern, your past doesn't have to, to chain you down, but we are sent. We can start over, and so this morning I'm saying... Let's, let's start over, and let's be those sent ones, and let's be those sent ones who recognize, recognizes the tools that's, that have been put in our, our belt. Amen? So let's read uh, some of these tools that we have been given. In verse 7, it says that Jesus summoned the 12 and began to send them out in pairs. He gave them authority over the clean spirits. I've got some more toys here to play with. We'll get to that one in a little bit. Mm. <laughs> oh, that one too. All right, authority. Authority. Oh, yes, Zadok's toys. Uh, Zadok, yeah, he's just ministering through his toys. You didn't know it, but now, now he does. Uh, authority is like that batch. So a police officer has a gun, but he's not able to just go anywhere and just use that gun. You can't just go over and pull people over and, and, and without without having some sort of authority. This badge is his authority. It says, I have the authority from the government to exercise this power upon thee, if he were speaking in, in, in King James. In the scripture, uh, authority uh, is the Greek word exousia. It's the right to exercise power. And as Jesus sends out the disciples, he gives them this, this authority. And as you're standing here today, we recognize that as we're followers of Jesus, remember when right before Jesus went up into the clouds, he says, all authority on heaven and earth, it, it belongs to him. And he's giving us this authority of the kingdom of heaven. Right. That means we are able to exercise the power of the kingdom of heaven. That means we've got this on our belts. We've got this badge. We've got that authority. And so just imagine I don't know if you're like a hands-on person, but even just clip that, clip it to your belt. Put it on your belt. Put that badge on. You've got the authority of Jesus Christ. And as he sent them out, this was important for them to recognize. Because there are lots of things with power out there. We recognize that the demonic and Satan, they have power, but what they don't have is authority because Jesus has it all. That means when we come against anything, we've got that authority. We can just walk right into it. I don't care about walking down the street and there's like a Wiccan fair or whatever. I, I don't care. 
You can have whatever you want spiritually going on, but I have the upper hand in Jesus Christ. There's, there's no fear. There's, there's no worry. There's no anxiety over it. I just, boom, in Jesus Christ, that's it. I've got that authority, and this is the mindset that we've got to walk in. This is the mindset that we've got to put on every day, that I've got that authority in, in Jesus Christ. But right alongside there with that authority is, again, that power. Oh, he's gone. It's all right. You can tell him there's another one over there to go find it. We've got that, that power. It doesn't say it directly in this scripture because Mark is moving quite rapidly through it. But as you look at the other accounts of this verse and of this scripture, you find in Matthew 10 and in Luke chapter 9, it says that Jesus also gives them power. You guys know what this power is? It's dunamis. Dunamis. This is power to work miracles. This is power to do the miraculous things. And so if you ever wake up with that mindset that like, oh, I, don't, I don't have what it takes to do the things that Jesus is calling me to do. I don't have the power to, to go and transform this region. I don't. The truth is you don't. You in and of yourself don't have that power. That's, that's why it's so important that we wake up and say, I belong to Jesus that means that everything that he has is available to me. That he's given us this, this power the same way that he went from village to village, casting out demons from place to place, healing the sick. That same power, that same authority is what we get to carry. So we're going to stick that in our, our belt. Take that, take that gun or whatever you want to uh, utilize as power. If you're not like a gun person, that's totally cool. But uh, take that, that power. We got the power of God. Amen. Amen. Who was it? Was it Medea? Who was like... <laughs> Medea. <laughs> like, I can carry a gun because the word says, peace be steel. <laughs> this is my steel. <laughs> peace be steel. Come on, but we got the power of, of God. This is available to us. You know, the reason why we probably don't see as much healing and deliverance taking place in our life and in our world today is probably because most Christians aren't waking up and checking their tool belt. We're not checking out that power and authority that we've got. We're not, we're not convinced of it in, in our mind. We hear it on, on Sunday, but then we forget to put on that tool belt. We forget to look at that tool belt as we go throughout our world. So what if we just woke up? Every day and said, I've got the authority of Jesus. I've got the power of Jesus. This is who I am. This is what I wake up with. It didn't leave. It didn't go nowhere. It's right here with us. Now, as this is a temporary sending that Jesus is sending these disciples out, it's important to note that he also instructed them to wait in Jerusalem for the outpouring of the Holy Spirit so that that power could be something that was resident within them, that was resident upon them. And that would be called the baptism of the Holy Spirit. If you're not sure if you've received the baptism of the Holy Spirit and you're wondering, can I have power like this? The answer is yes. The answer is yes. It's a provision and it's an encouragement. It's a command from Jesus. Be baptized in the Holy Spirit. Wait, don't go out and fulfill this mission, which you're supposed to do until you get baptized with the Spirit. Until you receive the power to accomplish the mission. And again, this is something that we can all step in through, through prayer and faith and believing this is something we can receive. This next part is probably my favorite part. It says that 
Uh, he charged them to take nothing for their journey except a staff. No bread, no bag, no money in their belts, but to wear sandals, not put on two tunics. And he said to them, whenever you enter a house, stay there and do not depart from there. And here's what I've seen from this, this verse, is that they were sent with confidence in God. In other words, they weren't allowed to have confidence in and of themselves, of the ways that they could provide for themselves. Uh, there's some discrepancy uh, between this verse and some of those other verses that I before me, uh, uh, previously mentioned um, about the staff. Here it says you can take uh, you can take a staff. In those other verses, it talks about how you're not allowed to take a staff. And it, one of the ways to understand this is to recognize that in this day, as they were um, shepherds, a lot of shepherding, um, they had different types of staffs. And there was one similar to this. And this would be kind of what Jesus is telling them that they could have. Now, normally, this type of staff would have kind of like a, a bow at the end, and that would be to help rescue the sheep. It would help get them and bring them right back onto the right path. This could be used as a walking stick. Now, in, in Psalm 23, you, you'll get a little bit more understanding as David writes about your rod and your staff comfort me, talking about the two different types. Now, the rod is the other one. Jesus is saying, you can take this staff as a walking thing, as to help uh, guide my sheep in the right direction, but when it comes to your protection, and that's what the rod would be. Check this out. I don't know if I'm going to hit something. So again, you guys are going to go see it. Right? This would be like the rod. Okay? This would be like the rod. It would be for protection. It, it would be that, that protection against the other things, against the things that would come against them. And by Jesus saying that you can't take that rod, essentially what he's saying is you need to rely on God as your protector. You, you have to have confidence in, in him. And then there's the back. Saying so you can't you can't bring your bag. Essentially, it would be like a leather sack. You could fit some clothes into there, but not, not a whole lot. Um, mostly, this bag would be used for alms, for, for the poor. It would be relying on other people to give you what you needed. And again, God's saying, you've got to have, or Jesus is saying, you've got to have confidence in, in me. In fact, you can't even bring your, your spare change, your coins to go buy stuff. You need to rely on God as your provider. You can't, you can't bring your bread. Check that out. I got a little piece of toast there. You guys like that? Well, and then I, I think of like Jesus looking at Peter as he's saying this. And you know Peter. He's just like constantly sticking his foot in his mouth. He's like, you, you can't take bread. And he's like, oh, shoot. I got this other type of bread. I got this type of Peter, you can't take your bread. Oh, 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 okay. Well, you know what? I'm going to put on my, my second tunic here. I'm going to put on my second tunic. He's like, no, you can't take your second tunic either, Peter. Okay, so no extra clothes, no extra money, no staff, no bread, no bag. No, the point is that you have to rely on God. Come on. And I think a big part of the story and the big thing that we need to gather here is that in order to fully rely on God, we've got to lay some stuff down. In other words, here's, let me help this break this down practically. 
You've got some things in your life that you need to set down if you want to step into the power and authority that God has for you, the, the provision that God has for your life. We've got to set some things down. Holy Spirit, I ask that you would show them right now those things that they need to lay down. Listen, I think the enemy works hard to keep our hands full so that we're walking around life like this. Uh, there's no room. There's no, you know, when, when teens are dancing, we'd always say, make sure you got room for the Holy Spirit in there. <laughs> you, you got it too close. We got to have room for the Holy Spirit to move in our lives. We've got to let go of something so that I can grab a hold to the sword. I can grab a hold of my shield. I can grab a hold of those things that I need to transform the world around us. We've got to rely on God. Again, it's this recognition that I'm not enough. I need God. Every single day. Every single moment. I'm not enough. I need God. That's why I prayed the prayer that I did before this message because I had that fresh reminder. It's so easy when you step into things that you do over and over and over again like each day. Like going to work. Like dealing with our family. Come on somebody. Dealing with our kids. I wasn't like saying like dealing with you just so we're clear. You don't need to have marital counseling. I am about to get slain up here. Just clean. Just clean. <laughs> and not in the spirit, he said. The anointing of the back hand. Uh, oh, man, here we go. We got to have confidence in, in God, though. And then um, this next part, which is really helpful for us. Again, it kind of helps us to get into that mindset that I was uh, talking about earlier of starting over is Jesus prepares them with the awareness of inevitable rejection. Inevitable rejection. It says in verse 11, if any place will not receive you and they will not listen to you. Listen, we're going to go places. We're going to say some things. We're going to have a particular way of communicating. And it could be either one of those, what we say or the way that we say it. It could be the clothes that we wear. It could be our holy jeans. I know we're in shirts, so we got to wear our best. It's holy. Okay? It could be our simple presentation that people say, no, I don't want to hear your message. I don't want to hear about this Jesus. I don't want... They need to hear it, but maybe they're not ready to hear it through your presentation. We've got to be ready for that. We've got to wake up with an expectation that people are going to deny this. This stuff does sound like foolishness to people. There's this expectation, and that way it kind of helps like that performance anxiety, like I've got to say it just right. I've, I've, got, to, I've, got, I've got to be slick with it. I've got to tell the right story. I, I, I've got to hair, have my hair slicked back the right way. I mean, not for you. <laughs> I'm just picking on you. I'll mention it. I love you, bro. Right? But we've got to have everything perfect in order to do it. No. No. We just see an opportunity, and we've got to be available to it. We see an opportunity, and we ask Jesus to show us, show us the opportunity. Show us our mission field. Show us those people that we can love and, and, and serve. And just expect. Expect. I don't know. I I was thinking of like a number off of my head. Like, think 90% of the time we're going we're gonna to get shut down. In revival, it, that'll probably break down to like 50%. But still, that's a large percentage of people saying no, of people not accepting the message. That's, that's a part of it. Someone once said this, and it helped me. Maybe it'll help like one out of this whole room. But uh, it, it was uh, that what if 
that was the way that God set it up. So that every 100th person that you share with is that person that is actually going to receive it. Is it worth it to go and have 100 no's or 99 no's for the one? Absolutely. It's worth it. Let me tell you right now, it's worth it. So if you're on six, if you're on 25, if you're on zero, what, however many times that you have received a no, trust me, it's worth it. Share the gospel. Share the good news of Jesus Christ. And I love this concept of when it happens, so it's just shake the dust off. I'm trying everything in me not to say it. Just shake it off. <laughs> There's got to be another shake off song. I'll work on it for the next time I do this message. <laughs> but just, just shake it off. The, the Jewish person would do this in a Gentile territory, when they le left a Gentile territory, because it was like a, a judgment pronounced to those people. Like, these people don't believe God. Okay, I don't want to bring any of that into, into here. What Jesus is saying is just, just shake off that, the past. Shake off what happened. Because there are so many more out there that need to hear this message. Listen, if any of you have a fear of rejection, fear of hearing that no, I just want to pray for you right here and right now, if, if that's okay. It's okay, because I have the mic. <laughs> Father, I pray right now in the name of Jesus, for any person here under the sound of my voice, that would have fear of rejection. We recognize that it's not people actually rejecting us. It's people rejecting you. And so we just pray right now and we declare that, God, you have not given us a spirit of fear or of timidity. God, that we get to be courageous, that we get to be bold by your Holy Spirit. And so I pray that over your people this morning. In Jesus' mighty name, fear of rejection, leave now. In Jesus' name, we get to, we get to live in that freedom. Amen? Amen. And then they were finally sent with the clarity regarding their message. They knew the message of the gospel. They knew the message that they were bringing. Jesus Christ is here. The kingdom of God is here, and it's available for you to step into it. It's this free. There was a clarity. It says that they went out and proclaimed that people should repent. They had a clarity that this was a part of the message. That there is a part of your life that you done messed up. That you're not living in, uh, rightly in the way that God would have created us to live it out in. And so we need to repent. This is an essential of the gospel message. I know we like to water it down because repentance is like a negative word. Let's unnegativize the word. I'm just making up words here. Let's just take off the, the negative part of the word repent. and just It's a normal thing. It's as simple as, I guess I'm going this way now. I guess I'm living for Jesus now. I guess I'm going to do what Jesus asked me to do now. I guess I'm done being a slave to that sin. I'm, I'm done being a slave to that thing. I'm, I'm over it. It's, it's a new beginning. I love that. New beginning. We're set with the clarity of the message. As I, as I think about this clarity of the message, it makes me really just concerned for, just for our congregation, because this is, this is my responsibility before the Lord, is to ensure that we know what this message is. And so here's my challenge to you. Find someone, I don't care if it's a family member or a friend, but find someone to articulate the gospel message with and to practice sharing the gospel with. Because we, we, 
it's really good to practice before we get out there. It, it can both work, but why not? If we are supposed to be iron that sharpens iron, we're supposed to be sharpening each other. So let's help each other to live out this great commission, to live out this mission, to utilize the tools that we have. Let's help each other to do that by practicing with each other. Worship team, if you guys could come up and prepare to lead us in, in one more song. Again, I want us to just recall this, this progression within the church. This progression within our relationship with Jesus. How there are the called. There are those who follow. There are those who are appointed. There are those who are sent. Where do we fall in that? And sometimes within our, our own paradigm, we just allow ourselves to fall back notches. To where I was following Jesus at one point, but I've kind of fallen back a notch into just being someone who's called. I know Jesus is calling. I know Jesus is welcoming me. He's calling you to step back up this morning. He's calling you to step back up to a follower. He's, he's calling you to step back up to those who are appointed, to those who are, are sent. And he wants to equip you with these things this morning. Would you guys stand with me? As we would uh, just step into a time of response. We're going to have prayer teams up here in just a moment. Um, anybody of our, our leadership team, any pastors or anything uh, we've got in the house, we'd love for you to come up and join us in um, as prayer team this morning, but we want to step into a time of response, and maybe that response is any of the things that you see on the screen, giving, praying with somebody, uh, connecting with somebody, maybe it is that we just need to put something into, into action. We also just want to uh, take a moment and just leave room for the Holy Spirit again to, to minister in specific ways. And so I'm just going to pray and I'm going to listen for a moment. You're welcome to do the same thing. So Father, we come before you and as we gather as your people sharpening each other, we come this morning with expectation that you are putting those tools in our tool belt. God, for anyone here who's having trouble um, just accepting that, I just pray a breakthrough on that now in Jesus' name. Those people in here who are, are holding something from their past and saying, oh, that you couldn't be talking to me. You've, you've been having that thought. This isn't, this isn't for me. Listen, this is for you. This is for everyone under the sound of my voice. This is, these tools are for you. This mission is for you. God, we pray against any anxiety that that brings up. And we lay that down at your feet to be replaced with peace that surpasses all understanding. Anyone who came in this morning with anxiety for that or anything else, we just thank you that this is a place in your presence and in your presence is a place of relief. In your presence is a place of lifting off of weights. And so I just pray that over your people here this morning, that you're lifting off of, you're lifting off of weights, Lord. God, we thank you for that. Send us out boldly and with courage this morning. In Jesus' name. 
Hey, thanks again for tuning in with us today. I really do hope and pray that this message has been transformative in your life to help you to take steps in relationship with Jesus. If this has been a blessing to you, there are several things you could do in order to give honor where honor is due. Uh, We would love if you would give us a like, go ahead and give us a subscribe, go ahead and share us, tag us, uh, quote us, do all of those things in your social media feeds. We would be so blessed by that. If you have any more questions or need any more information about who we are, what we believe, or if you'd like to give towards the forwarding of ministry here through Rise Church, you can do so at www.risechurchid.org. God bless. Have a great week.